Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. All right, welcome to the Real Sports Guys, the Real Guys Talk Real Sports, RSG, Renegade Radio, back for 2014. It's been a long time. We shouldn't have left you, but we're back in the house. The Renegades are back on the air. Uh, Go keep it live for you, as we always do. So happy New Year to you and yours. Hope you had a very restful and wonderful holiday season. Um, We're going to welcome you into 2014 with some real underground sports radio uh, that dirty, gritty, down, right, just raw and uncut sports radio talk, as we always do about this time. Now, I'm your host, Marks the Game Changer, uh, and I will be walking you through the proceedings this evening. You could have been anywhere in the world. You're here with us, and we appreciate your patronage. Uh, I am one-third of the illustrious three-man booth, and before we get started with everything we have in store for you, i got to introduce my comrades in arms. Um, tonight we have a special guest. Uh, he's like uh, he's like the resident bookman. Uh, if you the good time, if you get the good times reference, he's a landlord, right? He uh, he keeps the lights on around here. You know, he's the maintenance man. He makes sure <laughs> the water's hot. <laughs> he keeps he keeps he keeps saying the Mister Furley. <laughs> <laughs> He holds us down. Right? He holds us broker. down. He makes sure. Broker. Yeah, he make he makes sure everything is everything is everything. And that's the man, the one and only LR Larry Randall of Resistance Digital Solutions. LR, how you doing, my man? I'm doing good, everybody. I'll tell you one thing right now from the jump. If you are not a fan of NFL football, you will not enjoy this weekend. But if you do. Enjoy NFL football. This is the weekend to watch. Hey, and yeah, and this is it. This is the biggest weekend, championship weekend. You got great matchups. You got division rivals on one side, and then you've got, like, life rivals on the other side. <laughs> like, seriously, these dudes are life rivals. <laughs> With Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. Yes, this is a great weekend for uh, if you're a football fan. We're going to get more into that as we dig into the show. Let me bring in my man, D. Wills. Holler at the people. Man, man, can y'all hear me? Am I clear enough for people? Can Your mic sounds nice. Me? I, 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 feel, I got a fresh headset, fresh mic. Y'all just don't know what we're going to try and roll out here in 214. I've been in the lab. I've been underground. I got some thoughts. I am excited about this year. I'm excited about the show tonight. I'm excited to have LR in the house, who has helped me in many ways over this past four weeks. That's what's great about Resistance Digital Solutions. 
This cat will give you curbside service. Y'all don't know what we have, and so we want to we, we want to show him love. But the thing about it, what makes it great about anybody who is a sponsor for what we do, is that they have a love for sports. That's why I love having them on the show. But we got a lot in store for y'all at two fourteen. I'm in the lab. We gonna roll some stuff out. I'm working. I'm feeling good. Well, again, 2014, real sports, guys. We got a ton, ton in store for you guys this year. It's going to be a big year. This is the real takeover, RSG. We're going global this year. So we're going to expand the brand and take it worldwide. Yeah, if you don't want a producer that's all in the videos, (laughs) all up in your mix, come to RSG. <laughs> well, you ain't got no love for RSG. The internet ain't got no love for RSG. All right, all right, all right. That's enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man, ninety-five source awards. Ninety-five source awards. If you ain't up on it, get up on it. So we got a ton of action going down tonight, and we gonna jump right in. Um, first off, fellas. I wanted to get into talking a little bit about this NFL season um, and playoffs. We're hitting up right up on the divisional round, um, or now we're at the championship round. Um, the wild card divisional rounds are played out. Before we get into talking about the championship games, I just want to get your, get your observations, your thoughts, your wonderings on things that went down in the wild card round and the divisional round. It kind of caught your eye, some trends, some seeds that were planted in your mind about some things that we may see in 2014 from some of the teams that made the playoffs. I'm going to start with you, LR, since you're our guest tonight, even though you are family. Uh, we still got to treat you, you know, you got to be hospitable. You know, you got that, that, that extended family hospitality where they still, you know, you still offer them stuff even though they know where the refrigerator is. And then when they say, you know, can I have one, you're going to say, well, you know where it's at. <laughs> So <laughs> I, was just, I was just being courteous. <laughs> so, since you're extended, fam, I'm going to let you go first. What were some things that you saw, uh, some things that kind of caught your eye in that in the first couple rounds of the playoffs? Well, I think one of the biggest factors that was somewhat underrated going into the playoffs was that teams, you know, don't really need a defense in order to win. Uh NFL, everybody knows, is an offensive league. People throw the ball for, you know, Nintendo numbers, as Ray would put it. But at the end of the day, the teams that could stop people ended up winning. And there is no way to explain that besides the fact that some teams understand that notion, that you got to have a defensive coordinator and you got to have talent on the defensive side of the ball in order to win playoff games. That will never change. I don't care what anybody say about offense. Yeah, it's great during the regular season, but during the playoffs, your defense is what's going to carry you to the Super Bowl. Um, one of the other things that I noticed, too, was that I think some money was changing hands because if you looked at some of the numbers for specifically the New Orleans and Philadelphia game, nobody had New Orleans winning that game on the road. So, you know, when you see fishy numbers like, you know, seven or eight points on the road, <laughs> something, something's up. 
So yeah, uh, <laughs> y'all know me. I'm always looking at it from the financial investment perspective. Right. <laughs> and a lot of the numbers, a lot of the numbers <laughs> for, the, for the playoff weekend smells kind of funky. So I don't. I'm thinking some money to change hands and to make up for some of the stuff that happened during the season. But um, that's about it. I'm, I'm just looking forward to this weekend, though, to, to see some really good teams going at it. Yeah, we're going to get into this weekend in a minute. I want to piggyback off of a point you made and just touch on it a little bit. But I think that's that's one of the, I think, misconceptions about the NFL. And when people, the general, the general population fan, the gen pop fan, really – fan is really really had that perception that it's all about the offense. You gotta have a elite quarterback and you do need an elite quarterback and you gotta have an offense that puts up this many points, you know, thirty to twenty seven points a a game. But the trend over the last three, four or five years I'd say has been teams who don't throw the ball that much. Other than New Orleans when they made it about four or five years ago when they won New York Giants, Baltimore Ravens. Um, no, the Jets, the Jets with Sanchez to make it a run. Yeah, yeah. I mean, defense in the playoffs and having a, a you got to have a game that travels. And we know running the ball that that works anywhere. It's American Express. You can use that anywhere. All right, or anywhere on the globe, you gonna run the ball and play defense. That works out. Now in December and January, outdoors throwing the ball 40 times a game, it, it, it doesn't work unless you got home field near your dome squad, you know. And that's what I think you see in the playoffs. Teams with games with stout defense and they can run the ball, they still advance in the playoffs. You know, they still advance in the playoffs. D. Wills, what were, you, what were some things that you saw as highlights uh, or things that caught your eye from uh, or got, grabbed your attention from the wild card and divisional playoff round? I'm, I'm going to use this phrase, famous phrase, uh, and, and I'm going to adjust it to my own thing, but we found out that you are who we thought you were. <laughs> and I was going back and forth. And it's, good, it's good that Phil Key isn't here today, but he'll take his beating when we come back next week. <laughs> but Andy Reid is who we thought he was. He's somebody who – one thing I did say – he. Clock management is an issue with issue of Philadelphia. It's an issue in Kansas City. I don't care. People talk about the injuries. There's no way in the world you up that many touchdowns and you can't get enough first downs to win. Don't care when the week before you played backups in a game the other team had to win and they played competitive. So it tells me you have depth. So we know about you. Cincinnati, tomorrow. I told you, I, I, I won so many predictions on y'all this, this year because when the moment came, Dalton is who we thought he was. The quarterbacks who can quarterback one, the other ones who couldn't figure it out, didn't do it. You couldn't match up. You fell off. You lost a home playoff game. We know who you are. So so after, after Cincinnati lost, I want to hit on the Cincinnati Bengals in particular. After they lost, um, Stephen A. went after Marvin's head. And, you know, Stephen A., you know, he did a lot of uh, qualifying what he was trying to say. Um, but basically he was saying that Marvin needs to lose his job. D. Wills, what do you stand on that? Well, 
I, I'm going to say, Marvin, Cincinnati is as good as it's going to get. Keep it real. Keep it real, D. I'm going to keep it real. Come on. Come on. Come on now. Hold on. I'm, 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 oh, it's 2014, I'm gonna bro. You can't start exactly. off in the garbage. Keep it real. Hold on. Hold on. Now, you asked me the question, can I answer it? I'm about to tell you what you think it is. Yes, my uh, you a Let me say it like this. Let me frame it. Marvin, yes, needs to go. But who's going to win at Cincinnati? Who, who, who would have won more than Marvin, given how they run? Three years ago, people like that. That's an organization that can't win without a GM. Okay, they figure out they got great drafts. The last three years, they've been the best group that's drafted. They got a lot of talent. Who can actually deal with that? Marvin might be the only person who can actually deal with that structure and win. So I'm saying, yeah, I agree from a football standpoint, you got to win, you got to get out. But Marvin might be the best person for that job because I don't think anybody else could maximize in that crazy situation, I don't know if they even got the draft picks they would have gotten without Marvin figuring out how to make that happen in that structure. So I think that's the only struggle you have. I think Marvin Lewis is actually their best chance to do anything because he might be one of the few people who actually deal with that crazy structure they got. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Okay, so you got Marvin Lewis keeping his job. Uh, Larry, I'm going to let you weigh in. Does Marvin Lewis keep his job? Uh, yeah, does Marvin keep his job or not? I think he should quit, but I'm, I'm gonna leave it like that. They messed up his reputation. What is, he was what you got? I said Ravon. I said Lr. I said Lr. I said Larry. Oh, sorry. sorry about that, man. I I got I got carried away. It's been I've been gone too long. But see, this is the deal. Cincinnati loves Marvin Lewis. Marvin Lewis should have been fired three or four years ago. Okay. They have never been a disciplined team. They've never been prolific on either side of the ball. They came into this year supposedly with the best defense in the league. But did that happen? No. Now, I know they had injuries, but every team got injuries. And I've never seen them produce to the level of talent that they have on their team. And that only can be coaching. I don't care what anybody say. That's coaching. But they won. Let me ask you this. For the identity that Cincinnati has, did Marvin give him that identity, or did the Cincinnati leadership outside of Marvin give him that give him any identity? Without Marvin, would they have any identity? Well, I don't know if I can answer that. <laughs> I'm just telling you that. They got talent I mean, they on their team. The worst organization in the league. Who gave them credibility? Understand that. Three years ago, four years ago, they were people thought they were the worst run organization in the league. They had folks dying. They had people people shooting. They the worst. They had people still say they the worst. Who, but but who gave them that identity? And Marvin threatened to leave, right? But so who yeah. gave them that identity? But but it's a crap ass identity though. It it ain't any good. You, you're saying you you try, I mean you try to t- you try to take identity you know and saying okay well they yeah, have something the ball the ball couldn't do nothing with them but, but one at a time crap. fellas one at a time yeah. man LR got the floor you will you got to come I'm, in there I'm, 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 I'm a deal well all, all I'm saying is that you know 
one piece of crap versus a pile of crap is still crap. <laughs> so it don't matter. The whole organization needs to implode on itself, and, and they need to start all over. But at least if you put talent on the field, the coach should be able to get something out of them. And the way they played the last three years, I mean, they should own the AFC North. I mean, there's nobody in the AFC North that should compete with them, period, no one. But yet they just get in the playoffs and they just stink every year. And I don't know what it is. It's got to be coaching because it ain't talent. You know they got talent. So what else is it? Their, their organizational right. structure. Their organizational structure has nothing to do with what happens on the field. Can I can I rebut? Okay. Yes, it is your turn now. Can I can I rebut? What I want to say is, I would guarantee that Marvin Lewis will coach again. Most people in the league think Marvin Lewis is a pretty smart person. Yeah, he took some hard losses, but when you have to manage in a organizational structure that is dysfunctional, and you manage to create this, you've got to be given something. Now, think about Marvin Lewis, and when I'm saying dysfunction, that means you have to manage things day to day that allow for you to be successful, that other people have infrastructure. Like, these cats don't even have the right practice facility kind of stuff they got. Like, they don't even have – so, I mean – Yes, you think he went, but there's a whole bunch that goes in. The reason why Bill Belichick wins, he's a smart person, but he has an infrastructure that from, from how things are coordinated from the day-to-day to who handles what that allows for you to time manage in a correct way. And for Marvin Lewis to be successful in an environment where he, by all standards, has fewer staff, support staff, to support his football operation, which means those things fall on other people. That means you spend less time on managing practice, games, and situations because a lot of that stuff is in the preparation because you don't have all that other infrastructure. says that he has been very successful. When you look at his infrastructure and support, that impacts your ability to be able to manage a whole bunch of stuff by the time you get game time. Yeah, so that's I mean, just, I yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm Go ahead. Just say what you say. Go ahead. Well, I, I was going to say that. Well, that's all fine and dandy, but that should tell you that maybe he shouldn't be the coach. <laughs> he should be the GM running those things to make sure it's done right. Or you should get a GM in infrastructure to support a guy who can coach. Maybe, yeah. You, you see what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm saying that I'm saying that there are problems. There's some problems that are structural problems. That 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 you can only go so far with those structural problems. You can make it. You can win regular season games. You know that's why I say Peyton Manning is the best regular season quarterback ever. We'll get back to that. But there are certain <laughs> things that. That, that talent allows you to overcome, but when you get to certain high-level stuff, that structural stuff shows up because the other team is not dealing with what you're dealing with. Now, this loss he took this time, I would be on, I'm be on you, but I, I'm, I'm looking at the accumulation of a lot of that other stuff. And, you know, there's, and this thing, who, how many people who had a head coaching job threatened to quit? 
There are, how many jobs the are there in the NFL? <laughs> and he was going to leave. He's going to leave. And they try to work something out. Like, he was okay with leaving. Like, that right there should tell you something that I need to know. So Cincinnati is a whole other thing. I mean, I think obviously he, gonna get, he, he might get fired. He's going to get moved out. But I think they got more structural issues. They're not going to fire him. Opinion. They would have fired him anyway out of fire him a week ago. Oh, oh no, they're not. I mean, they 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 no, they're they totally to end up and just going to wait till the last minute and fire him when ain't no other candidates out there. But I well, can't see the brother getting fired. Whether or not he should get fired, I don't know. I'm, I don't really pay attention to the Bengals like that, so I can't. I couldn't really give a sound a, a sound vote of confidence one way or the other. I think he's done a decent job. They've been competitive the last couple of years. Um, the guy I think that we we should all be giving a side eye to is Andy Dalton. Um, you know, <laughs> you talk about they are who we thought they were. Um, <laughs> talk 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 about it. Yeah, that that that's the guy that I'd be. Uh, that's the guy they I'd be are who at. we thought they were. We're talking about Andy Dalton. So that's the guy I'd be giving a side eye to because you know that 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 playoff game that that game was uh, pretty terrible on his part. You know, as Charles Barkley said, it was terrible. It was just terrible. <laughs> so another quarterback, another young quarterback that struggled this week uh, in the divisional round, Andrew Luck. Now, everybody loved him for Andrew Luck. That's day one, all right? That's day one. You go anywhere on the radio, on the Internet, on TV, Andrew Luck is the golden boy. He didn't look so golden these first two playoff games. Now, yes, they had to come back against the Kansas City Chiefs, which – was remarkable and a remarkable team accomplishment. But he played like crap in that game. And then he came back and played like crap in New England. Six interceptions in two games. Now, I don't know where you guys stand on Andrew Luck. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he has a lot of potential. What gets on my nerves is that people are afraid to criticize Andrew Luck. Because then, you, then, you know, you look, like, you, look, you look that funny if you got anything bad to say about the Golden Boy. And he played poorly, and he came up bad in some big spots. Now, again, the Kansas City game, I think it was a balance of two things. And after two little Kansas City's part and the coach being opportunistic. The uh, Patriots didn't offer them that chance. There were no opportunities for coming back against the Patriots. Um, and, you know, the, the result is more reflective of his performance. Um, I'm going to start with you, D. Wills. How do you feel like Andrew Luck asserted himself in uh, in this playoff run? Well, I mean, overall, I think you know me. I'm a big. I think we are. Um, I think we've taken the, the wrong approach with quarterbacks in general. You know, I've talked about that. I mean, I think there is a, a maturation process for it, and I think Andrew Luck has had an amazing season given the injuries he's had around him. He's managed it. He has. He is an amazing position given that he's following a legend. Somebody was talking about this. I think Colin was talking about her. Colin and Colin was talking about this. He's following a legend, and the legend has done better, but the legend's under more scrutiny than he is, <laughs> which is this cat is just amazing the way he's positioned. Nobody's got a better brand than he does, and I think he's handling it well. The, the, his playoff run this year, first of all, it's good that – you you would look at him in his totality. His first two years have been really good, great runs. So from that extent, I think he's on the right path. He's doing what you need to do overall if you're looking at it from organization. In the playoffs, he had bad playoffs. 
And the Kansas City thing was, is because the Kansas City defense didn't realize he only had one receiver to throw to. And they didn't make any adjustments. They seemed recovered it. Whereas that wasn't going to happen with Belichick. <laughs> he basically said, you got to go somewhere else, son. Uh, and we're going to do something different. And the, so the, I think the first playoff win was more on Andy Reid, less about him, but he got he got pulled into this whole kind of legendary aura. You know, one thing I can say, he's winning some playoff games. That's one thing he got over his predecessor. So early. So he got that victory. He did look great, but he looked like a second-year quarterback. And he's also asked to do a lot. And he takes on a lot. So he's going to be vulnerable a lot. So I don't have a major criticism. I think this was a successful year for them, given they got their quarterback, I mean their coach back, given the injuries. I'm not going to be too critical of him. I just think that he is where he should be as a second-year quarterback. That don't mean he's great or any better. I just think he is where he should be as a sophomore. The same way I thought Cam was where he was as a sophomore. I just think that this is oh, part we ain't of the because I know it's going to be some fireworks on that one. We ain't going to leave that there. I'm going to leave that, I'm gonna leave that there. But, but, I, but, I, but what I will say is that I think that he's where he needs to be, <clears throat> given that he was handling a lot of injuries. He's clearly the leader. He's asserted himself when you're talking about how do you take control of your team. He's doing all the right things. Um, I think people have annoyed him too soon. I'm just very realistic about the development of a young quarterback. And I think he's on track. I think these other quarterbacks are on track. I think um, we, we, we can't get too far in front of them. I think he – one thing I, I love about him, and I think Game Changers, you talk about this uh, a lot, I think what he does as well as anybody is he self-scouts. He's the kind of guy that will be in the offseason, self-scouting and making those adjustments. And you and I have talked about in any sport, that's where you see somebody is not just great, but they have this kind of will and commitment to being great. I think he has that kind of self-scouting attitude about it. Uh, so, yeah, I think, you know, he is where he is right now. And he ran, against, he ran up against, in the playoffs, you up against elite coaches, and you up against elite opposition. And for a young quarterback, you don't have a, a, a major window of, of uh, uh, in terms of, you don't have a big window for where you can make mistakes. Okay, well said, well said. LR, weigh in. Andrew Luck, where do you sit at in, in the, in the uh, LR packing order uh, of young quarterbacks? Well, I think one of the biggest things with the Kansas City game is that he has showed you flashes that he can carry a team. To me, the difference between a quarterback and a franchise quarterback is the ability for that person to carry his team. And Andrew Luck has it. He does. You cannot deny it. The Colts can't run the ball, okay? They're horrible, (laughs) all right? They lose – one of the best wide receivers in the game, in Reggie Wayne, and they still find a way to make the playoffs and actually win a playoff game with a second-year quarterback. He's carrying that team. Who else is as productive as he is? I I, I can't name another person. Brazil? You heard of Brazil before? <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, yes, I've heard so, of Brazil, but you know, I, I think yeah, you're talking yeah, about but, the football player. Football player, yeah. <laughs> So I, I temper my expectations, but what I would use to describe Andrew Luck is encouraging. 
he's a puppy. He got his feet wet. He knows he needs to be a better player, and he's going to be a better player in the years coming. His career arc looks a lot like Peyton Manning's. To be honest, I don't even think Peyton was this successful in his first two years. I mean, the Colts were horrible. <laughs> I mean, his first couple of years, I think they went like 1-15 his first year or something like that. Yeah, so, pretty rough. I mean, for him to get in and actually win a playoff game, as much as Andy, Al is laughing at Andy Reid for deciding to throw the ball with Alex Smith 45 times, but uh, that's another story. But he he won a playoff game in his second year, and he's shown signs that he can carry his team. He is a franchise quarterback. So any criticism I might have for him, I'm going to wait another couple of years to see what he do. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Moving on. Other young quarterbacks that we may want to have a, a chat about, and we, let's go ahead and get into, get into it. Um, I know this is going to be a hotly contested conversation. Cam Newton led the Panthers to a 12-4 record. Got them into the playoffs, saved Ron Rivera's job, um, got his team to the playoffs, uh, had a great first half against the 49ers. The second half they went in, made some adjustments, and things didn't go so well second half. Um, Cam, though, took a step this year in his development, um, became a little bit of a better leader, a little bit of a better quarterback, got his team to the playoffs, won his division. Where did he sit, Where did he sit in your eyes now, LR? You historically have been a uh, – totally off the Cam bandwagon, where I, as I, as, at one point I was one foot on, one foot off, and then I jumped two feet in and I've been on since. You have been reluctant to catch a ride. We've, we've driven around the block twice, uh, and still you, you, you won't put your thumb out. So where is Cam at for you now? <laughs> well, <clears throat> let, me, let me correct you first before we start this Cam, get in on this Cam thing. Cam Newton did not lead his team to the playoffs. That defense took that team. It wasn't Cam, in my opinion. No, 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 no. We can't, we can't do that now. We can't do that, man. The quarterback gets okay. the credit, they get the blame. That's the way this works. Okay, okay, okay. Well, we'll just table that, okay? That's, it's an opinion, so that's mine. But what I'm going to tell you, is that I actually gave Cam a chance because I wanted to see what he was going to do at home against a stout defense. And the first thing that I saw, because I I was busy, I admit it, but I was watching the first quarter, and I saw him throw a pass that was about a yard behind his receiver. It got tipped, and it got picked off. And I turned the game off. I said, they're not winning this game. <laughs> There's no way in hell they're going to win this game. <laughs> and I turned it off, and I, went, and I went into my bathroom that I'm remodeling and started putting up tile because that's how I feel about Cam Newton. Until he learns that he cannot be that off throwing the football, he is never going to win anything in this league. Well, he just won a division title. He just won a division title. He's won something. He's going to win a Super Bowl, but he's won something already. And rookie of the division title? <laughs> I think they do. I think they at least put up banners around a stadium for him. 
they just get them starter hats. That's all they get. Come on now. Yeah, yeah maybe that too. Maybe that too. So, so that's where you're at with Cam D. Wills. How do you feel about Cam Newton? Well, well, first of all, there's a lot of quarterbacks with no division titles, so he got that. The, the, the thing that I look at these, I've been hearing all these discussions about Russell Wilson, Cam Newton. Um, you know, looking at. Um, now, hey, 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 hey! Uh, now nobody say nothing bad about Russell Wilson. I'll cut oh, you. They say something bad about Russell Wilson. nobody say nothing bad about Russell Wilson. They're they killing him right now. And, and, and part of what I look at this is part of the judgment on some of these players, and this is actually where I give Luck some value around this, but he's still got some decent stuff going on around him. Cam, you know, to me, doesn't have legitimate playmakers to throw to other than Steve Smith. And so he got Olsen and stuff like that. But, I mean, they don't – they just now – are developing some type of offensive philosophy. And I think that's his biggest issue. So he's living in a space where I don't think they're – they don't really have a philosophy about they want to go downfield, do they want to be a ground and pound. Their defense has a philosophy. That's their identity. But I think offensively, I don't think they have a philosophy there. And I think that's part of what is hurt Cam in terms of getting a sense of where he goes. I think Kaepernick has more of a philosophy around him to be successful. I think Russell Wilson has some of that, but I think Cam, I don't know offensively what they're trying to do. And part of it is they never could understand what they're going to really get game to game into this year from their running game. And they didn't have Steve Smith. So I think part of his issue is, you know, the same thing Kaepernick did with most this year, is that when your playmakers weren't there, it's hard to really fill out. So you're throwing off your back foot, doing a lot of stuff. I think he's done enough. I think he's only going to get better. Um, and what I've been more impressed about is what he's taking on his shoulders. When you see him in the press conferences, he's not deflecting anything. He's embracing it. Um, and, you know, I've been a supporter of Cam when he was in college and everybody was like, he's not going to convert to a quarterback, when people give all this love to Andy Dalton and all these other people. When I'm like, Cam's got better up skills than any of these cats. And, so, and he's proven that. He's proven that more so than Andy, and so well, well, I, you know. I, but, but can you, but can Cam Newton push the ball down the can, field when you do that? Yes, yes, he can. He's all, he was doing that in college. You you put Cam Newton on Cincinnati, they're not at home right now. Mm. <laughs> Guaranteed, they're not sitting at home right now. We're not talking I, about Marv Lewis. I don't, I don't believe that. <laughs> you are. Look at the talent they got at receiver, tight end, and all that stuff. Cam is not sitting at home. Yeah, I don't believe that. No, we not. Come on, LR. You're going a little bit too hard. Uh, what I will say is you got off that, uh, what's that former quarterback from Nebraska stuff? So I think you evolved in your opinion of it. <laughs> Eric Crowley. Hey. Hey, you know. hey. Cam Newton. Can, <laughs> hey, hey, at least Tebow been going to QB throwing camp. I don't know if Cam Newton been going to QB throwing camp. But but people's also uh, uh, people's also sitting on the set and Cam is on the field, so well, this, this he probably needs to go to throw, throw at camp. <laughs> right now he's on the set doing interviews. Right now I would go to QP throwing camp too if I was on the set doing interviews when I should be on somebody's roster. Yeah, I would do that myself. <laughs> well, gee, that sounds like a good business decision for Tebow. <laughs> All right. 
So now yeah. let's move into um, talking about this week. All right, let's talk about the here and now. All right, we ain't going to bring up no more old stuff when it comes to NFL. We're talking about the here and now, the uh, championship round of the playoffs. We have the Seattle Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, two teams, bad blood, nothing. It, it, it couldn't get any better than this, honestly. Um, it doesn't get yeah. any better than this. Two division rivals. They don't like each other. They're going to get after each other. They respect each other, though. So it's going to be a very fun game to watch. Both teams are going to compete. They know each other well. Give me some perspective on this game, D-Wills. How do you think this is going to play out? What are some going to be some key factors in the Seahawks 49ers game? Y'all remember when uh, Tyson fought Holyfield and they had that? You remember it was the, the great thing about the scene at the beginning of the fight? They had the line of security across the ring. And Tyson and Holyfield were kind of looking over. Uh, 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 the ring, trying to figure out. and they, they had the same thing with Lennox Lewis. You know, you had his added security in the ring. You only added security at this game. If you look at what they did to my guy, Graham, for New Orleans, before, did y'all see that video where the defensive backs was harassing him before the game, got him so wound up, he didn't catch no passes. Yeah. I mean, the game for them they got to start coverage and have field cameras on because I want to see how they interact before the game. This is going to be one of them slobber knockers uh, where you, you might have to call the police because somebody will get hurt. Now, having <laughs> said all that, in any close matchup like this, I got to go with the home team. Now, Preseason, I predicted Seattle would make two Super Bowl, so I got to stay consistent with them. But San Francisco ain't playing. You know, I'm, I'm a hardball fan, got connections with hardball. I love that. But uh, in a game like this, I, I got to lean towards the home team and the home environment. But this is going to be as good a game. I mean, I wish this was a Super Bowl matchup. This would be great in New York in the, in, in the snow to have these two teams playing each other. Um, but I, I think it's, it's two great coaches, both of them fighting for their legacy. You got two young quarterbacks. You got two great defenses that are trying to that think they should own the block. Uh, this is some this is some Baltimore wire type stuff. We got we got we got some brother Muzans looking each other down. You know, with look reading the New Yorker. <laughs> it, it was like that moment where uh, uh, brother Muzan and uh, what's my guy's name was in the alley. Facing off Omar. to each other. Omar. Yeah. Facing off Alley. This is that moment in football. Yeah, you okay. got to Okay, LR. <laughs> yeah, LR, what's your impressions? San Francisco, uh, Seahawks. Well, this is one of them games where it's almost like must see TV because it's going to be like one of those games where you're going to remember where you were, what you were doing when you watched this game. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, the thing about it is that Seattle has this air of invincibility when they're at home that is multiplied by, like, a million during the playoffs. Mm. So I can't see any NFL team going in there and beating that team except for possibly the San Francisco 49ers. Because you've got to look at it this way. 
both of their defenses pretty much cancel each other out. So this game is going to come down to who got the better offense. Is it San Fran or is it Seattle? Lately, I think San Francisco's got the edge. So I'm thinking that San Francisco is going to shock the world like Muhammad Ali and win this game. Okay, okay. And, and, you know, I can see that and in my perspective on the situation. I can see this going either way. You're right. Seattle seems like the Goliath in this situation. Um, they're at home. They have the rep. They got the people. You know, they got the crown. No Number one seed. They got the momentum. Everything seems to be going in their favor right now. Uh, you know, they got the house. They can't nobody go in and, and come out with a victory. All that stuff is in their favor. And right now, San Francisco is David. Except David don't got no slingshot. <laughs> David got an AR-15, and he bringing it to town. <laughs> he coming to Red Shop. So this is going to be an epic battle, an epic game. This is one of those games where it could be 42 to 41 and be amazingly exciting, but it could be 7 to 6 and be amazingly exciting. Um, you know, no matter how this game goes, I don't think it's going to disappoint because it's going to be close up until the end. Um, you know, I, I feel my heart leaning towards Seattle. My gut is telling me Seattle is going to take care of business. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you, LR. I would not be surprised at all if San Francisco came out of this game with a win. No other team would I be willing no. to say that about in Seattle. No other team would I be willing to say that about. But San Francisco, I would totally not be surprised if they came out with a W, not in the least bit. And I can't knock you for saying that that's who you're going with. I can't. I can't find a reason not to uh, to say San Francisco won't can't win, won't win this game. Um, again, my gut tells me Seattle will hold hold suit, take care of business. I picked them to go to the Super Bowl at the beginning of the season. Um, I, I I I think they have a lot going for them. But San Francisco's that team right now. They're hot. You know, they got Kaepernick seems to have settled down. He's got another receiver to throw to. I think they're clicking. They're clicking. And we know how far that can take you in the playoffs. Momentum is momentum is a, a, a big deal in the playoffs, and they got it rolling with them right now. So, you will tell if you had a thought on that particular game. you want to add anything before we move on to talking about the uh, Patriots and the Broncos? I almost said the Colts and the Patriots. Yeah, I mean, I think um... – you know, I would agree. I think of what we know about Russell Wilson and, 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 and Gangster, you and I watch him closely. Um, I think this emerging criticism of how effective he has been as a quarterback over the past couple of weeks, this is a highly motivated guy. A lot of pride. Um, and I think that level of scrutiny, he's the kind of guy that responds positively to that in a way that that might motivate him. And I think that you're going to see some plays that you might not have seen because of the level of scrutiny he gets. But I think it's going to be a great game. I, I, I picked Seattle, but I, I think that, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if San Francisco won or whatever. But I think that this emerging kind of criticism of Russell, he's not, he not, he not going to fold under that. He actually going to I think that's going to motivate him. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm, I'm like old lady, old girl in the window, 
on and Living Color from back in the day. Bet not nobody say nothing bad about Russell Wilson. <laughs> Bet not nobody say nothing bad about Russell Wilson. <laughs> I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. So let's shift gears and let's talk uh, the AFC Championship game. You got the New England Patriots, Tom Brady, uh, Bill Belichick coming in, and they've had a season of ups and downs like you can't believe as far as dealing with injury, uh, moving parts on the offense. Um, but they still put it together. They're still where they want to be. They still have a shot to get to their ultimate destination. Um, all you can say is it must be a great coaching job by uh, Bill Belichick, and Tom Brady does what Tom Brady does. He just wins football games. That's the New England Patriots narrative right now. On the other side, you have the Denver Broncos, highest scoring offense in history. Peyton Manning breaks the touchdown passing record, passing yards record, shatters all of that. He's just doing what Peyton Manning does, puts up major numbers in the regular season. Where the rubber hits the road is you got the guy that wins all the time going up against the guy with the big-time numbers. How do we see this one playing out this time? And, and what does this mean for Peyton Manning? I'm going to start with LR. How do you see this going? And what does this mean for Peyton Manning, win or lose? Well, <clears throat> I mean, I really like Peyton Manning. Um, I'm glad he plays in the AFC. <laughs> uh, otherwise, I'd have some trouble if he played in the NFC since I'm a Bear fan. But, um this Patriot team is looking a lot like those championship teams where they kind of sit under the radar and they don't have no weapons. And it's like they shouldn't have any business being in this game. But yet, here they are, yet again, in the championship game. My boy Blunt is looking, I mean, looking swift for a big dude. So they're going to run the ball, and you know Brady's going to do his thing. And I just can't see them, you know, not making this game competitive. Broncos got a lot of problems on defense. They just lost their starting corner um, to an ACL, so he's done. Uh, They already had a lot of trouble with Champ Bailey and his foot, and Lord knows what else issues they done had on defense. They can't stop nobody. So this is a recipe for one of those, like, Patriot, you know, knuckle-dragging games where they're going to win it 24-17. Uh, I, I don't like rooting against Peyton. I'm not going to root against him in this game. Um, I don't think it's going to really affect his legacy either. I mean, more or less, this guy's the greatest quarterback to ever play this game. I don't care how many championships he won compared to everybody else. I don't care how many MVPs he going to won. I think he going to won more MVPs than anybody anyways, but it doesn't matter. You know, the guy's a winner. He plays the right way. He shows up every day. He's going to do his job. The only question is, is the rest of the team going to do their job? I just don't see it happening on defense, so I'm going to go with the Patriots on this one. Both road teams winning these games. Okay, so if if uh, if Peyton Manning loses, if the Broncos lose, Peyton Manning is still the greatest quarterback of all time in your book. 
In my book, yes. I I don't think okay. anybody can. I don't think anybody could do what he does on the field. Even Brady. Um, I, Brady doesn't run that type of offense. I have never seen anybody run that type of offense where effectively he is calling the game himself. He don't need no old coordinator. He don't need no quarterback coach. <laughs> he he do his own thing. And, I mean, I know other quarterbacks do it, but not the way he does. He He's the best quarterback of all time. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to have D. Wills. Your turn. Straight hyperbole. Look, he's the oh. greatest regular season quarterback of all time. <laughs> he has been his quarterback rating in the playoffs. He's been he's been as responsible for losses in when he was in Indianapolis as anyone. He threw interceptions. He played poorly. He I, I think he's in yeah, he's in that top five, but I wouldn't go as far as I, if I had to choose, I would take I think Montana does that. I think, you know, I, I think there are plenty of quarterbacks who fit into that. I, I think Peyton is there. He's got some records. He's got some stuff there. But when the rubber meets the road, when you got to will your team to win, to get that greatest conversation, you have got to have those moments. Now, the only quarterback I think has an excuse, historically, is Dan Marino. Because <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't draft anybody over there on the other side of the ball very much. He had Duper and Clayton, and he did everything else. Peyton's had structure on both sides of the ball as pro bowlers. So I, I want to I frame that. Now, in this game, he going up with – I mean, who's done more with less than Brady? Who has – named the pro bowlers he's had around him in the receiving court. He had a lot of great. I mean, Gronk is like the and when he had T.O., but I mean, for the most part, it's been Benny and the Jets. And so, uh, I agree with you that this feels a lot like the old Patriots teams that used to win, where they strengthen their defense a little bit, they run the football, they find different ways of coming in on the radar, and everything else. I do think they have a good chance of winning uh, in Denver. Um, I think Brady is like Peyton's kryptonite. Um, you know, maybe that's the problem. You know, he had to play in the same era as Brady. I think Brady's the greatest. I think he could be the argument for being the greatest. So, you know, I, you know, I, th- I think at the end of the day, um, I'm going to go with Denver because I want to be right. I picked, you know, Seattle and Denver to win it. You know, I think somehow Peyton finds a way. His legacy means that much to him. He won't publicly come out and say it. I think he finds a way to really cap this season and get to the Super Bowl. So I say Denver against Seattle. Stick with my original strategy. Yeah, and I will stick with my original prediction as well. I picked picked Denver and Seattle at the beginning of the season as well. But this is what I'll say about Peyton Manning's legacy. Um, Is his legacy cemented as he is always and forever going to be in the conversation of greatest quarterbacks of all time? Absolutely. There's no no debating that. No debating that. But – I can't put him at all-time greatest for a couple of reasons. One is a, a real and one is a hy- hypothetical scenario. One is a real scenario and one is hypothetical. In order to be the greatest of all time, you have to have dominated your era. You have to have been the baddest dude during your own era. And unfortunately for him, the NFL figured out that 
he and Brady had this nice rivalry, and so they set it up where they played pretty regularly, and pretty regularly Peyton lost. Um, and if you if you can't even beat the dude, if you can't even beat if somebody's got a, a up on you and you guys have played that many times, then that dude's got to be a little bit better. That's just me. That's just the competitor and saying winning games has got to mean something. And winning games against another guy has got to mean something. And, yeah, there are a lot of variables that go into that, defenses, receivers, pieces around them. That's where the other side of my argument comes into play, the hypothetical. Peyton has been in a situation where he's played with Marvin Harrison, who was arguably top two, top three receiver his entire time with Peyton. Um, he's in another situation where Demarius, he, he's probably got the best receiving core of anybody in the league um, with the weapons he has now. And even then, you still have, there's still trepidation about anointing his team a championship team. And what I'm trying to say is you can give Peyton everything, and there's still questions about whether or not he can win a big one. He can have defense, the offense, and there will still be questions if not if, whether or not he can win the big one. You can give Brady just enough, and Brady's got a shot. <laughs> and that's the perception, <laughs> is that you can give Brady just enough, and you can say, well, don't count out Brady. He got a shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? He could have, you know, he could have Alabama's defense on the other side. And Tom Brady got a shot. You know what I mean? And that's, to me, that's the difference between the two. Peyton, a lot has to go right. Brady, a lot can go wrong, and that boy still got a shot. And I think, for me, that makes Brady the best quarterback of this era. And if Brady's the best quarterback of this era, given he and Peyton played in the same era, I cannot put Peyton as the greatest quarterback of all time. Because, again, swapping situations, I don't know if Peyton would have made do with Troy Brown as his number one. I don't know if that would have worked out so hot. Um, I don't know. I know he wouldn't have won a Super Bowl with him. He may have, Troy Brown may have put up amazing numbers, but I don't think they would have won a Super Bowl with Troy Brown as Peyton Manning's number one. Now, do I think that's necessarily some sort of flaw in who Peyton Manning is? Not necessarily. That's just the reality of the situation. And you got, you got to go with what you got. You know, you got to go with what they've given us. And that's what we've been given is that they've played a ton of times and Brady's won. And oftentimes Brady has not had the better team. Brady has not had the better ensemble of parts around him, and he's still found ways to beat Peyton. That's the reality of the situation. So if Peyton Manning loses – does that hurt his legacy? In my opinion, yes and no. He is who he is, top five quarterback of all time, easy. Greatest quarterback of all time, if he loses, it's just another reminder for me that you can't put him there. You can, and, and if you're going to rank him, you've got to put Brady ahead of him. That's my argument. I would say well said. Uh, LR, I, don't know if you have a, I don't know. I don't know if you have a differing, differing opinion. If you want to let that marinate for a second, but that's kind of where I'm coming from with my whole thought process around Peyton Manning and his legacy and him being the greatest, potentially the greatest quarterback of all time. Yeah, I don't really, <clears throat> I don't really think that his series with Tom Brady has any bearing on the on the rating of greatest quarterbacks of all time. I mean, I, I know, I mean, you're, you're kind of setting it up so that because he loses against this team, I would guess fairly consistency, fairly consistent would mean that he can't be rated as the greatest player of all time 
but I, I just don't have that same opinion. I don't believe it. Okay. I, I, if, if I had to draft who I wanted on my team as my starting quarterback, Peyton Manning would be number one over Tom Brady any day of the week. And, and I, would, I, would say, I would say I don't understand how you can do that. And the reason I was understand how you can do that is because you can give Peyton Manning everything, and he still may not win the big one. He can well, have the receiver. He can have the running back. He can have the defense. And he's still not going to get it. you got to take Brady. I mean, you take Brady. He's won it. Right. But, but in that game, he he's had, had more interceptions several times. In that, he had more interceptions hey. in that run to the Super Bowl than touchdowns. He had hey, a terrible quarterback rating on that run. He beat, he beat Grossman. He beat your team. He beat Brady Grossman to win that. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying for Peyton. Peyton had a Peyton had, had a terrible rating through that run. He had more Brady interceptions than touchdowns. Let's let let's let, let's let LR get it in. Let's let LR get it in. Go ahead, LR. Brady has had some bad playoff runs, or didn't even make the playoffs at all. They okay. I mean, I know they've won more championships, but more or less, if you look at their playoff records, they not. That dissimilar from each other. I mean, like wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Let me, let me, I'm, lo- I'm looking this up now. <laughs> you got to throw out the head-to-head matchups. If you look at their playoff records, I guarantee that they look real similar. I mean, Thomas Peyton lost when he was the number one seed at the crib. It don't. It, okay. Come on, that, man. That's all the time. But, but, but Bob lose at the crib when he the number one seed? Not that, that many times. Happened all the time. I mean, <laughs> his playoff run for the Super Bowl, how many? He had more interceptions than touchdowns. First time in history. Okay, here we go. Somebody all right, to- folks, here we go. I got it. I got it. Peyton Manning career playoff record, 10 and 11. Tom Brady's career playoff record, 18 and 7. That's not the same. <laughs> it's not the same. It's not at all. Not at all. Like I said, you you have to throw out the games that they played against each other. What is it then? Why would you throw those out? Why would you throw those out? Because you you would throw them out with Madden. That's direct competition. (laughs) Well, to me, you put in two guys. So what you're telling me, okay, okay, LR. Okay. Stacking the deck. Go ahead. Like I was saying, I'm going to say is. But what I'm going to say is, LR. If you're telling me that if not for Peyton Manning, if not for Peyton Manning, Tom Brady's playoff record would be bad. That's a, that's no, a demerit I'm for Peyton. No, that's opposite. a demerit for Peyton. No, I'm telling you the opposite. I'm telling you if it wasn't for Tom Brady, Peyton Manning's record would look a hell of a lot better. And that's a demerit for Peyton. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> I mean, and, that's what, and, that's, and that's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. You if you got, if you're the baddest dude, if you're the baddest dude, you can't say, like, Charles Barkley can't be the greatest. You can't say Charles Barkley's greatest if not for Michael Jordan. You can't say that because he had to go against Mike. And if you can't beat him, then you ain't better than him. Uh, I'm taking Peyton number one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, all right, all right. We'll stop there. To each his own. To each his own. You can take Peyton. I'm taking Brady because I know, you know, stuff can go bad. Either. Again, you can have cats on trial for murder. 
Um, you can have your tighty, your best receiver, fist pumping at nightclubs, breaking his forearm. Um, you know what I'm saying? You can sign Albert Hainsworth. I mean, you can do all types of stuff with Brady, and, and you're going to win. You can cut them dudes. You can get rid of guys. You can, you know, you can trade, you know, defense. You can, you can trade Richard Seymour to the Raiders because he's disgruntled. Like, fine, you want to be disgruntled? I'm seeing the Raiders. You can do that kind of stuff because you got Tom Brady. You can do those kind of things because you got Tom Brady. I want that flexibility as ownership, as a GM. I want to be able to say, you know what, you ain't going to act right? Foul. Get out of here. I got Tom Brady. I'm good. <laughs> I got Tom Brady. I'm good. I cut the whole offensive line. I got Tom Brady. We good. Because <laughs> that's basically what it's been like with the Patriots. I mean, he had the one couple of years where he had Randy Moss. Outside of that, and when he had Randy Moss, he went 16-0. and 0. I mean, you I look mean, at he had losses. He he lost to the Jets in a wild card game, forty one to nothing. That's, yeah, that's he bad. lost to the Miami. He lost to Miami Dolphins. It uh, what he had in the wild card. I mean, he got those kind of you. You don't see those on Brady's. Those are kind of lost. He taking like he taking knockouts. He, he taking knockouts when he go down. That's all I'm saying. I'll leave it alone. So, I mean, you can you can manage your guy, LR, and I, I can't. Again, I'm, I'm not saying Peyton Manning is manage. a bad player. I'm not saying. And I, if you take Manning as your first pick, you're going to do great. Your organization is going to be great. All right, the organization is going to be great. I'm taking Brady with my first pick, though. Um, and we'll just see. We'll, we'll have to meet. We'll have to meet in the championship game. Year in, year out, see who wins it. Um, and that's what will happen. And we know, it, we know how, we know how that will go. <laughs> and we know how that will go. Okay, okay. My, my so, so, so what, I'll leave it alone. My sister's got one. Well, so what happens if he wins? What happens if Peyton Manning wins the game? Does well, he automatically I think, get I think, No, I think it helps his case. I think it helps his case. I do. I think it works the other way. I think it helps his case. I think if he doesn't win, then I think for folks that are a little that give him the side eye, it reaffirms some things that people already think as far as him and Brady. Again, that's what it boils down to when you're talking about who's the greatest quarterback of all time. If, if you're gonna if you're gonna try and put Peyton in that category, he has to be the best of his era. And if you can't prove he's the best of his era, then there's no way you can say he's the best of all time. There's just no way you can say that if he wasn't the best guy in his era. And, you know, as my man Herm, Herm, Herm Edwards said so famously, you know, you play to win the game. You know, go ahead, Herm. Hello. You play to win the game. <laughs> you know, and Peyton's got amazing stats. He does. He has amazing stats. And what irks me about the Peyton Manning conversation is people who say, well, you can't use numbers. You can't use – numbers can say whatever. You're right. So can Peyton's numbers. You can't you can't use numbers to support why so why Peyton's so great. But then when people use numbers to say why he's not great or why you know he's not as great as Brady, then you want to ignore those numbers. But pay attention to all the touchdown passes and the yards and all this kind of stuff. They all matter, and the numbers that he's accumulated are amazing. All right, he's going to go down statistically as the best quarterback ever. That's uh, that's not and debatable. What I, and what I'm and I want to add to that, what Peyton's done has got him into the, you know, I always talk about the little room. He's in the little room. We, we debating about who get the big piece of chicken. 
And I'm saying he getting the salad right now. Now, if he wins, <laughs> he going to get some meat and salad. <laughs> now, Montana's still sitting around looking at that chicken right now. You know, Brady looking at that chicken. Peyton is in the room, but his stomach is grumbling. That's what I'm saying. So we are, we we don't, we don't argue too deep. He in the room, and nobody's ever going to debate whether or not he's in that little room. But we go, the debate right now is who gets the big piece of chicken. And I'm saying he on a diet with salad. Yeah, because for me, I just hate the Jay Billis argument. Everybody wants to bring up the Jay Billis quote. We're really good at counting. You know what? Yes, that's the fundamental aspect of sports. We count. All right, we count scores. <laughs> we count fouls. We count timeouts. It's a fundamental aspect of sports. And if you take away the, the, quanti- the quantifying of performance in sports, then guess what? It's gymnastics. It, 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 it's, a, it's a competition where you arbitrarily judge people on how they do things. And so the quantification of it, yes, we're good at counting in sports. Why? Because that's what we do. We count wins. We count losses. And you can't, you can't glorify numbers and, and have numbers be at the core of what it is you're doing and then, on the other hand, say, well, numbers don't mean anything. Why would you count championships? Why do championships matter? It all matters, man. It all matters. It all matters. And you can debate there's a threshold. Because when you're talking about greatest, you've got to have some championships. Now, exactly. there's a threshold. But, it's got, you know, three is normally the threshold. Three feels right. <laughs> like, to be in the greatest conversation, three is about that number. Because you did it enough times you went to the promised land and you led your team. But there's, to get that greatest – Championships have to be part of that equation. Now, do you need to have a 10, 11? No, but I think there's a number that, that you start to say, ah, that's part of the piece. And to say that championships don't matter when you're talking about the greatest in any sport, then that's a problem. Yeah, because, I mean, what, what is it about at that point? What is it about? Is it just about throwing up these, uh, these video game regular season numbers or is it about getting it done and, and and hoisting trophies? And you know, it's a little bit of both, in my opinion. You know, nobody's ever going nobody's ever going to convince me Eli Manning is the greatest quarterback of all time. I don't care if he do got two Super Bowls. I'm not going there. We're not having that conversation. And I'm gonna hang up on you if I'm on the phone. <laughs> you know, because it doesn't. It, I mean, numbers do play a part, in it, and the numbers don't say the statistics don't say that he's even in that conversation. Now, when you have a bunch of guys who all have amazing numbers, then guess what? All right? We're not going to sit and, and count beans and figure out whose numbers are better or whose numbers are more significant. We're going to say, well, whose numbers impacted winning, which is ultimately why you play. It's ultimately why you put on cleats. It's ultimately why you suit up, why you pad up, why you put on a helmet and snap your chin strap to win games. That's what you go out there for. And if your performance doesn't impact winning, then that gets brought into the equation. It has to. It's a philosophical thing that just, I think we got to move past. You know, again, I, I get tired of people throwing that Jay Billis quote. We're really good at counting. Yeah, you're right, because that's what sports is, all right? Sports is counting. It's counting yards. It's counting baskets. It's counting runs. It's counting strikeouts. counting shot blocks, steals. That's what we do. We count in sports. Come on now. Most dumb argument I've ever heard. (laughs) 
I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. All right. Now I want to shift gears, and we need to talk a little college football before we wrap up this show. Uh, BCS championship game wrapped up. Florida State pulls it out in a very good game. I won't go all hyperbolic on you and be like it was the greatest national championship game of all time, but it was a very good national championship game. I was very entertained. It was very fun to watch. I had no dog in the fight. I could care less who won, and that was the best way for me to go into that. I enjoyed myself thoroughly watching that particular game. Um, big plays all around. You know, I learned a little bit of information. I did not know that Auburn's running back, running back was Macio Plug 3 from De La Soul's son. I did not know that. That's right. Yeah. I did not know that. So, I had, you know, I had to go look that up real quick. They said it on air, and I was like, are they for real? So, you know, I had to go check that out. And this is true. This is true. Um, it's the end of an era, final BCS championship. LR, what were your thoughts on the BCS game? And I want and I'm have to ask you because you you get you got you got very interesting opinions on quarterbacks. You got to weigh in on famous James. And what do you think of famous James as a prospect? Right. So first, let's talk about the BCS game. Give me your impressions, and then tell me what you think of famous James. All right, uh, the BCS game was a act was a very good game. Uh, I actually enjoyed it, and to be honest, y'all know me pretty well. I'm a pro guy. I like the pro game. It's a lot cleaner. It's faster. Um, It's a lot less mistakes. Um, That game was probably the most exciting BCS game I saw since the Texas-USC game. And that's saying a lot because that Texas-USC game was a – one for the ages. I mean, they still replay that game. And uh, this game was a close second. I didn't expect Auburn to put up a fight. Um, Florida State's just got talent oozing out of their ears. I mean, I think they can beat the Jaguars, personally. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they got that much talent on their team. Um, and I was shocked to see Auburn come out and play as well as they did in the first half. I don't know what quite happened in the second half. They got away from running the ball. Um, Florida State started getting some momentum going, and next thing you know, they trading touchdowns in the fourth quarter. So, um, I mean, that last five minutes was worth the entire college football season, in my opinion. So I'm glad it went good, um, and it kind of showed that, yeah, they they probably had the best two teams in the game. Uh, so I, I, I didn't really have much of a complaint with the BCS as a whole, but I, I do like playoff systems more. I, I, I really wish they would try to transition uh, the football playoffs to closely mimic the March Madness playoffs because, I mean, y'all know March Madness is where it's at for college sports. I mean, if you don't yeah. like March Madness, something, something wrong with you. <laughs> right. And, uh I really wish they would try as best they could to mimic that sort of, uh, you know, playoff bracketing. But I guess that's an argument for down the road. As for famous Jameis, I'll just call him Cam Jr., man. I mean, (laughs) these dudes dudes look like twins, man. And I ain't talking about Schwarzenegger, Danny DeVito twins. 
I mean, they are like identical twins. I mean, they 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 look. They got the same haircut. They about the same height, and and they both can't throw. So I can call them both. I I could call you know like thing one and thing two. I'll call them Eric Crouch one and Eric Crouch two. Yes. <laughs> Oh man, oh man, D Will, you got anything to say to that? I'm speechless. Ah <laughs> uh, man, I, you know, I'm trying to, you know, I can't mess up the cat who pays the bills too much. So I got to be a witty motherfucker. But he just ceases to, he just he just ceases to amaze me when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know, he's he's one of those cats where I just I want to say something like facts to back this up. <laughs> you know, he should start every statement. What? <laughs> <laughs> he gave you the Herman Cain, bro. He hit you with the Herman Cain. But what I will say is his analysis is right on. It was a great game. You know, I was making notes about this question. And um, – what was great about it was it was a, a game of just two kind of more than two halves, but just two different games. You know, we saw what Auburn as a, a football program is emerging to, and just you know they have the potential of really developing a, 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 a Malzahn has something going on in Auburn, and I really love the way they're playing. I, I think people are going to copy that in the way he's going at it. I thought they had a great game plan. But it also showed the emergence of why Jimbo Fisher is the kind of coach he's going to be and his ability to adjust. Uh, I know Bobby Bob was up there smiling. Um, and his ability to, I mean, from the, you know, the fake punts to the whatever it took to try and get back in and get something going uh, to get them going. And, um you know, uh, I, I really love that competitive instinct. And it reminded me when you, you had a question about the BCS. I mean, I think what's great about the BCS is that, if anything, when it creates conversation, you know, um, next to the NFL, college football is king. When you think of from end to end, um, the kind of energy and the, the kind of interest around the game, um, it, 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 you know, people love football. And, you know, NFL is king, but college football has got that energy. It creates that debate. And so I think the BCS was great for that. Um, I, but I think what this game reminded us of what we lost to the BCS is that we had some programs that were down and out that could have created some different kind of drama. It reminded us that of the loss that we have of not having the Miami program to be in the conversation, of this comeback of Florida State and what they meant. Uh, USC was the king SEC killer in the fact that they had to go through what they had to go through and what that would have meant if we had some of those programs, you know, fully charged as we made this run. Um, and I think that also makes us excited about where we're going, given that Florida State is back on the mic. I think, you know, Miami's making some changes, but if they come back, USC could be making their run back and what that might add into the mix along with some of the other uh, powers that are trying to come back. But this game is amazing. I think, and for Jameis Winston, He's a fresh, he's a you know redshirt freshman. I thought he, he he's poised. He had some great games. I think he's going to be exciting next year. He'll get better. And I think um, what's different between uh, uh, him and Cam is that um, he's running a more pro style offense. 
And so he's going to get that coaching that's going to develop his skills. It's not he does he because he doesn't have the athleticism of Cam. He is actually, I think, going to be more ready to come into the pros because his skill set is going to be developed around, you know, a traditional passing game. He don't run that much. He's not. I mean, he runs a little bit, but he's not a. He's not very. He's not as athletic. It has all the twitch muscles that Cam has. He can run when he needs to, but he looks a little clunky running. So he he is going to develop throwing, and Jimbo Fisher and those guys will develop in the offseason. And, you know, you got to think about it. He came off playing at following a first-round draft pick. So he didn't get all the reps. He was playing with the, he was playing with the, uh, the other unit. He was helping to prepare, you know, against that great defense. So I think, his, I think his stock is great. This was great learning experience for him. He struggled, but he battled back in that last five minutes. says a lot about him. And I think he's going to be better next year. Okay, okay. Um, D. Wills, I want your perspective on this. What did you think about the uh, the commentary of Jameis' interviews afterwards? You know, you the know, people came out. Yeah. Go ahead. Um. Yeah, he got some work to do. I mean, and I'm, you know, part of the part, you know, someone was talking to me, I think, you know, he's going to need, he's got a roadmap because he watched what happened to Manziel. But I think he's got, he's got some things that he's going to have to really focus on in terms of how he frames things in interviews. I mean, he's just going to have to, they got to do some work. It's funny, what am I calling, you know, hammering, you know, my guy hammering who's been on, who straight will say his name, the hammer. Uh, yeah. He, he's, he's like, somebody got to do some work with him. So he's got some things in terms of how he frames some of the stuff that he's going to say in space that they need to do some work with him. But I'm also, I mean, you and I worked around college students, man. You know, he, he's a, you know, he's a young person thrust into the limelight. So, I, I, you know, I'm not trying to be too critical because I think part of my, my bias is that I work with, young people at that age of development and to be on that kind of stage, trying to figure out what to say and how to say it, um, is difficult. And the kids who can do it, that's great, but that's just part of what you learn. And the problem is that you you, you, you auditioning out in front of everybody. So I think that's part here's of the, the thing I would look at. Here's the thing I had an issue with, 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 the, uh, with folks taking issue with what Jameis said. Um, one, he wasn't inarticulate. Um, no, I, I felt I felt it was a bit unfair. Um, this is why I would say it was yeah. a bit unfair. Um, one, he's nineteen. Two, he didn't say anything inappropriate, um, and he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't inarticulate. Um, no, I think what, what 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 when I first saw it, what put me off a little bit was he came off a little crooked preacherish. And, you know, when I said that to my <laughs> wife Marissa, she was like, "What do you mean by that?" And I was like. You know, it just seems like he's trying to sell me something right now, and I'm not interested. <laughs> that was my assessment. That was the thing that kind of put me off a little bit, but I didn't have a problem with it. Even that, I, you know, I, we, 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 from, we from the city, so we all done ran into a quick yeah. feature, a coup, and we know how to handle that. But that was not, that, was, that didn't put me off at all. <laughs> that didn't put me off at all. I just caught that. I just, I just you know, you hear some stuff, and you're like, yeah, that reminds me of that. And that's what that was for me. But what I will say is that what – and then when it really kind of hit me was that when they talked to the cat who was the defensive MVP of the game, 
Now, no. that brother talking should have got people upset. Because <laughs> he was incomprehensible. <laughs> and I was like, you know what, Jameis, all right. Jameis, all right. Uh-huh. I, understood. I don't understand this kid. <laughs> and he was 22, he was a senior. So, don't you ask yourself sometimes how those dudes get into college? Exactly. <laughs> and he was a senior. The dude that won a defensive MVP was 22. He was a senior. And I'm like, yo. When, I, when, it, when it came out that people was having an issue with what Jameis was saying, I was like, did anybody hear Williams talk? Did anybody else catch that? Because that's what got I, – I actually turned the channel during his interview because I was like, come on, bro. <laughs> I was like, seriously, come on, bro. You're going you gonna, to you gonna get on there and talk like that. You know, so I didn't. I, I, I didn't see the outrage. I didn't see the uh, the discomfort with what what Jameis said. Again, the biggest re- reaction he gave me was he sounded like a crooked preacher. And that's the same reaction I get from Ray Lewis from time to time. You know, when Ray gets to going, I'd be like, "Oh, here he go with the crooked preacher routine." <laughs> I ain't trying to hear it. You know, I ain't trying to hear it. <laughs> I know you got Bible too, but then I don't want none. <laughs> I know you got the New Testament on sale. I don't want none. <laughs> I don't have facts to back. That's, that's, that's the cooking preacher, preacher sound right there. there. That's the cooking preacher right there. That, that's him. That's him. He got something to sell you, but really can't give you no reason to buy it. <laughs> that's what I got for saying. Yeah, it, and you know, part of it is, he is led by his emotion. Yes. And yes. he yes. gets excited. He like the kid in the front of the pews clapping his hands and excited. And the, he gets overwhelmed by the emotion that then drives him. And so he'll do it. And then he have his go-to line, like, whatever he says, that Florida State, you know, whatever, you know, he, he'll yeah, say Yeah, we're going to do it big. We're going to do it big. Yeah. You know, again, that's 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 like, I don't need your tagline, man. Don't hit me with, no, hit me with your slogan. Don't you dare hit me with your slogan right now. (laughs) For him, he's speaking, for him, his brilliance, he's speaking to the recruits that's on the fence. Yeah, yeah. Come play with me. Yeah. He always, you can tell, he's building that Seminole brand, and he all in on that, which Jimbo is loving because he is always talking about the value of being a Seminole. And to me, there's no better recruit than that. That's why Jimbo Fish, I mean, he's selling that because he understands the, the brand of that. And that part I take from the interview, I'm like, people may be bad, but them cats who are trying to decide where they're going to play, them cats are going to play with him. And that's how he rolls. And so it does feel to the average Joe, that feels cricket preachers. But when I'm thinking about an 18 year old, 17 year old who's trying to decide where they're going to play, he's like, oh, I'm going to play with this cat. <laughs> yeah. Because he's going. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's how he do. I mean, he's always about the brand. And I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, if I'm Jimbo Fish, I'm loving it. Yeah. I, I know so, Miami, we I know Miami about... Hurricanes were saying somebody like you. <laughs> they they, they had him, Bridgewater. <laughs> Uh-huh. They, yeah, the they, 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 U's got to get it together. The U's got to get it together. They're going to get it together, though. Shout out to my man, Kurt Brown, down there representing uh, the U and, and the MIA. Uh, I wanna, I, before, we, before we roll out and before we start to close up shop, 
You listen to the Real Sports Guys, realsportsguys.com, RSC, Renegade Radio, brought to you by Resistance Digital. I want us to get into the whole Charlie Strong at Texas situation and the fit of that hire. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about Strong, just kind of paid attention to him from, a, from afar. Um, you know, I knew he was at Louisville, built it up, kind of got it back on track after um, the whole Petrino situation kind of derailed it. Um now it's back, and, and actually Petrino's back. And, and so um, Red McCombs coming out, Texas Booster, having an issue with uh, the Charlie Strong hire. First, I want you to give me your initial impression of the hire, and then I want you to give me your how you felt about Red McCombs. Um, LR, I want you to weigh in real quick. Well, I'll be quick with this one. I thought it was a a really good kind of uh, off-the-radar hire. Uh, he's done some good stuff at Louisville. I mean, that program, you know, pretty much was in shambles after um, Petrino left. And so, you know, I, I thought it was a good hire. But when I heard about the booster having some issues with this hire, my first thought was, Send it, we sending this brother to a Klan meeting. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, hey. get Charlie on the phone." I was like, "Hey, I, I, I mean, I really wanted to ask his brother, hey, you, you gonna be all right down there?'" <laughs> but that was it. It kind of subsided, and then I was like, "All right, he'll be all right." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I dig it. I dig it. I dig it. D. Woods, what were your thoughts? Well, I, one thing I've done, I, I, a couple months ago, I, I, I connect with some cats from UT down there, and there's some faculty down there who are going to take care of him when he get on there, and they already probably talked to him. So he's going to be straight when he gets there. But Uncle Red, that's what I call him now. If you follow me on Twitter, <laughs> at D-Wilfs, R-S-G, D-Wilfs, uh, follow me. I've been calling him Uncle Red. Um, and that's part of the game. If we're going to change the game, we got cats like that. Um, you know, he came out and said it. It was crazy. Uh, somebody obviously got to him and said, you need to fix this. Um, it's funny. I've listened to some of the NASA ones. Uh, it was great. Uh, uh, and they, uh, they were like, who is this cat? You found this guy. He's a very powerful cat. He gave a lot of money. But what I love about UT is that they didn't, you know, yeah, a lot of people turned them down. But they, they got a football person who's going to bring them back to reality. You know, and he got to figure out how to grow into the other stuff. But a lot of these, these, these programs like UT and Notre Dame, Notre Dame kind of figured out, finally, forget the name. Find somebody who knows college football and can win. And that's what right. I love about Charlie right. Strong. Anybody who knows him, he knows how to coach and know how to win. Yeah, he's going to be at the golf outings. He's going to be on the other stuff. The bottom line, UT needs somebody who knows how to coach and know how to recruit, and he can do that. Yeah. My initial impression was, uh, you know, a cat named Red McCombs. I mean, what really can you expect? I mean, <laughs> what, did, what did you really expect from a cat named Red McCombs? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, who's a booster at the University of Texas? I mean, where would you? I mean, come on, can we can we profile him a little bit? <laughs> uh, hey, I. <laughs> You feel me? So I, I wasn't too surprised. I did get a little off put by the whole he make a good coordinator, and that was a little. Come on now, now you you you, you, you talk about habitual line stuff, and you stepped over line right there. You could say you don't like the man as yeah. a coach, but he yeah. was just a head coach, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's not yeah. like 
he was, he came out of nowhere. He was just running the program, so he can be a head coach. All right, now you can say you can feel however you want to feel about the hire, but to demean that dude and say, you know, he should be a, he'd make a good coordinator. Now that 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 was a little that was a little that was a little too much, Red <laughs> Uncle Red <laughs> Uncle Red. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah, man. But I'm happy for I'm happy for Charlie. I'm happy for Texas. I think it's a good fit for him. You know, I hope they uh they they treat him well. I hope he wins some games out there and he brings that program back. I'm all for traditional powers being just that traditional powers and coming back and, and being big. It's good when Texas is good. It's good when the U is good. Um, it's good when USC is good. College football is just more interesting and, and, and better that way. Uh, whether you like or you love those programs, you want to be able to root against them at least. That does it for another edition of The Real Sports Guys. Before we go, we're going to do our Dog of the Week. While we got LR here, the Dog of the Week is brought to you by Resistance Digital Solutions. Make sure you hit up LR at Resistance Digital to make sure that uh, you get all your tech needs met and taken care of at a low price. Uh, he, he's real, he, you know, he'll accommodate you. He'll make it work for you, all right? You got the man here. He supports us. We support him. All right, so let's hit him off with Dog of the Week. D. Wills, I want you to start. Dog of the Week, who you got? Uh, my, my my instant Dog of the Week is Todd Cream in the, uh, in Indiana. They upset uh, Wisconsin tonight. Big victory. They needed one. Tom Cream. Oh, LR, who you got? Uh, I got the MLB Player Union. Whenever you can get a union, not to back up union members, you a dog because unions, they, they go in for their people. And if you ain't going in on somebody, you a dog. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, for me, my dog of the week, ooh, ah, I think I'm going to have to, Wow. I don't really, I, I, I don't really have a dog of the week this week, man. I really don't. Nobody dogged out for me. Um, I just didn't see, I just didn't see that. I just didn't see it this week. I was gonna say, what's his name? McCary, whatever the Iowa coach. I was at the game. He just went off. Oh, Fran, Fran McCaffrey, and went off. McCaffrey. That was just dumb. That wasn't dogish. That was dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can be mad, but don't bump a ref, dog. Come on. <laughs> Get mad all you want. Like, don't touch the ref. I'm like, where, where, where the coach is going? And he just blew up all that game. That's it. <laughs> it was a crazy sight. That's all we got for this week. RSG, the Renegades, we're signing off. Peace. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.